0: All right, Boca Podcast listeners, we're back for yet another episode. And I'm here today with a very new friend of mine, actually, Stacy. And Stacey, your last name is pronounced Crolo, is that correct? Yep, that's right. Okay, cool. And we were actually just talking about this before we got started. I'm doing something a little bit different today where I actually get to see the guest that I'm talking to virtually, but still get to see Stacey. Uh, I'm not used to this. It's a little bit of a different format, but it's nice to actually get like an emotional response. And, and um, so that's a little bit different format. We've done here at the Boca Podcast probably 200 and about 230 episodes that I've recorded so far, and 98, 99% of them have been virtual over a piece of software like Zoom or Skype or otherwise. Um, Stacy was like, hey, I'd I love to be able to see like to engage in a way where you can see the other person's response. And I think it was a good call. So we're making it work. And um, yeah. thanks for making time to do this today for us, Stacy. We're going to get into a conversation. I've, I've already kind of titled this ahead of time, how to be a photographer and a CEO. And oh. I, I'm going a particular direction with this, which you at least have an idea of. But um, we're going to get into what that means and how to potentially effectively, more effectively do that here in just a little bit. We normally start off the podcast with something that we call a technique for time. Very simply, this is some type of tip or trick or workflow technique that you've implemented in your workflow day-to-day, week-to-week that helps you create a little bit more time and space for yourself as a business owner.
1: Um, first of all, thanks for having me. And this is already really fun.
0: Good, good. Well, I'm excited. (laughs) And it really, there's, there is something different. I know everybody's listening and they're like, what are they talking about? To actually get to see your face and response to what I'm saying, whether it's, you're making a weird face at me or you're (laughs) laughing or smiling at me. This is good. It's a whole different experience.
1: Oh, you know, I'm also a boudoir photographer, so I'm really trying to not make some like nudie jokes. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Hey, we can go there if need be. That's totally fine.
1: Like five minutes in, let's do it. (laughs) But to answer your question, I think the thing that really helped me the most to find more time is to set an end date or an end time for my day.
0: Yeah. Really helps. So what does that look like for you? Because I know that um, there have been at least one or two instances where I've had a guest in the podcast and they've talked about this idea of structure and how that kind of encourages you to, I mean, certainly just the simple notion of creating an end time, meaning I can only work until this time. It, it forces you to work maybe a little bit faster than you normally would Would when you feel like you can work until, you know, two, two in the morning. Is that how you've seen the benefit on your end? What does that look like?
1: Oh, totally. I mean, if you gave yourself a week to do a project, that's how long that project will take you. Mm. If you gave yourself two days, yeah. well, it'll take you two days. Yeah, definitely.
0: And there's something invigorating, too, about having a deadline. I I enjoy it anyway. And I think part of the reason that I even sometimes will procrastinate, don't tell anybody that I procrastinate, yeah, but yeah. sometimes no, I nobody's will. Nobody's
1: listening. No way.
0: <laughs> <Right now. laughs> but something about about having a bit of a challenge where, hey, instead of taking two or three days to get something done, I have to get it done in three hours. It's It's kind of invigorating. And it causes my brain to work in a little bit different way. Maybe in some ways, a little bit more clearly than I would have if I was just dragging it out—twenty minutes here, thirty minutes there. I'll do this later tonight. I'm going to go, you know, do this right. thing now. It, it challenges you in a different way, and it causes your, your, forces your brain almost in a way to, to work differently. Have you found that too?
1: Yeah, it's abs- just what you said. Um, it just helps you stay focused.
0: Hmm. I like that. And like
1: and work with intention.
0: Ooh, right? I like that too. Okay, so and attention and and. Um, well, even just this idea of intention is something that's become a point of conversation in the in the mm-hmm. industry more as of late. Mm-hmm. It's easy to throw that word out there. But I, I like the practicality, the tangibility of that idea when it comes to setting some structure. So for you in a work day, does that mean like five o'clock? Is there a particular time that's cut off? And do you literally just set all work aside after that?
1: Yeah, it's five o'clock for me. It has been for a little while. Um, I save at five o'clock. But in my mind, I'm like, ooh, 530. Okay. <laughs> you still
0: stretch it too. <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah, just a little bit. I'm like, I'll just answer a few more emails. But generally, I say five. Even thinking, because um, when you're an entrepreneur, too, like you could just work 24-7. Right. Right. But 100%. even setting your, like, this is when I start, this is when I stop, and then I leave time for free time.
0: Good for you. And yeah. and as simplistic as that idea is, if we don't, if we aren't, again, intentional about that idea of setting aside time to actually just be to spend time with important people in our lives, to watch Netflix or go see a movie or travel or whatever it might be, then it's, it is easy to get lost in our business in a way that like we we don't actually have that free time in that space.
1: Yeah, and having that space, okay, this could be just its own whole topic, having that space even just to look out the window, just to stare at the wall mm.
0: even, to so mm-hmm. like think
1: about nothing, like just yeah. let everything go, let your mind relax, it to be open, and the thing that maybe you've been thinking about—how you're going to fix it, or what am I going to do about this—like those are going to be the times where something innovative or new, or like just a new idea, pops in. Yeah, yeah. And if you don't give yourself that space, you're just going to keep struggling with those issues.
0: Mm, that's good. That's really good, actually. I think that's actually we talk about meditation a good bit on the podcast mm-hmm. as of late, and you know it, that can look different for different people. But a lot about a lot of meditation is just simply giving yourself your mind space in some ways to clear itself. For me, one of the benefits that I've seen is just sitting eyes closed in the quiet. It allows my mind to do, I I think something similar to what it does during the REM stage of sleep at night where it's organizing and kind of putting things in place internally, mentally, so that Mm -hmm. I can actually pull those more effectively later on. So what I've found is, especially if I don't meditate consistently I sit down, I close my eyes and my mind's like, oh my goodness, I finally have a chance to put to, like, to organize everything that's been going through this crazy guy's head all day long. That, <laughs> yeah. that kind of space is really important. So whether it's meditation or just like you said, staring out the window, it is yeah. really, really important for mental Amazing. health, for physiological health. Yeah. Well, this is good. I like how we're starting this conversation off. Um, so really on that note, talk to us a little bit about the idea of being centered, more present. Um, is there mm-hmm. something that you do intentionally for that as well?
1: A couple things like one actually is meditation but another is having a really gangster morning routine yeah yeah i know you love it already <laughs> 100 um, It's amazing have you ever read the book or you probably heard of the miracle morning
0: i have yeah mm-hmm.
1: yes right i know such a classic already um so i i followed that and i've been doing it for a little while okay. and i used to be such a night owl and I would really get to the heavy part of my work after everyone else had gone to bed yeah. because I wasn't starting off my day with intention. I was just mm-hmm. kind of going along mm-hmm. with what other people needed from me and completely unstructured. I would just be responding and reacting.
0: Yes. Yeah. That right? is a, That that word reacting or reaction, reactive, is also something we talk about a lot here because it is easy to be in that state. If you're not, and I, we're going to keep bringing this word up, but intentional. As cliche mm-hmm. as it might sound, if, if you don't decide ahead of time, this is how I'm going to do things, then it is very easy to, to just remain in that reactive state. You're just not going to be as efficient. You just won't have the free time in the end.
1: You just won't. Yeah. I feel like you could ask me a question. I'll start and you could finish it for me. I feel like <laughs> we're really on the same page. <laughs>
0: I think we are. We'll make sure to, to link to the Miracle Morning in the show notes. By the way, for those of you listening in, bokehpodcast.com B-O-K-E-H, podcast.com is where not only you'll be able to listen to this episode and also link to various podcast players, but you can also see show notes associated with each of the episodes. And uh, Haley goes to the extent of putting together actually quite detailed show notes, resources, um, the ideas that that we discussed during the episode. She'll put those in the show notes. So it's a really great point of reference for those of you listening, make sure that you check it out, bokeh, dot podcast.com. And it's, it's interesting. You started to get into something there, which was that you used to be a night owl, it has mm-hmm. and I mean, has that changed at this point? Are you suggesting that now you get up early in the morning and get the day started off with a bang? What does that look like?
1: Um, I used to think that being a morning person was actually impossible for me. Hmm. That people would tell me about the morning routine, or not, not even just a miracle morning, but. Um, just how nice it was to get up and how much they would get more yeah. done in the day. Yeah. And I just thought like, that's, that's just not how I'm wired. Like I feel more creative in the evening. And to be honest, that's still the case. I still feel more creative in the evening, but I get more work done in the morning.
0: Why do you? So this is an interesting point of conversation, particularly because I literally had almost the same conversation with um, Juliana or Juliana from Juliana J Photography uh, just mm. this past week, also for the epi- for the podcast. So her episode probably already came out by now. But uh, that that idea that you just say I am a night owl or I am a morning right. person and leave it at that, versus looking at how maybe making a very proactive change in your life for the betterment Mm -hmm. of your personal life, for the betterment of your business, and in your case, to be able to accomplish more. Um, I I love the openness to that. It's so easy to say, I am, again, fill in the blank, rather than looking at the root reasons why you, quote, are that way, and uh, just make some changes. So what did that look like for you? You say that you tend to still be more creative in the evening, but you made Mm -hmm. a change for the sake of getting things done or more done in the morning. How did you go about that change?
1: Um, it was just trying it and it was sticking to it by really trying to make it a habit to get up early, okay. earlier anyway. I'm, I'm still not a 5am er, sorry, Hal. <laughs> yeah, I don't,
0: the, I, yeah, there, for me, there's a balance too. like six actually is where my body has kind of started kind of automatically waking itself up as of late. And, and I like that. I think that's a nice balance because it's, and it works because it's about the time that I have to take my kids to school as well, uh, or get up to take my kids to school. Five o'clock or you know I know some people get up like as early as four o'clock. I'm oh, like, oh, I need a little no. bit a little bit more of that sleep <laughs>
1: <No>. <laughs> and I want to stay up past dinner Yeah, hundred well.
0: percent, yeah, no, I get yeah. that too there is yeah. there is like a, a sense of fomo when like you're going to bed at nine or sometimes even ten o'clock, and you know everybody else is up partying, and you got to go to bed because you're going to get up at five o'clock, <laughs> yeah, I totally I love get it.
1: that photographers joke about being such partiers and really relax. <laughs> We're generally such workaholics. Our partying is having an editing beer, guys. Yeah, like, yeah, pretty much. You know, until the workshops and the conferences. That's that is
0: that is very really true. There, there is um, there's actually a, a local photographers group um, that I that I get to be a part of uh, here in the Chattanooga area, and a segment of that group does a, a get together on Wednesday evenings with wine. Perfect. where they're supposed to be like planning their social media content. And it just kind of turns more into to just conversation, hanging out and joking around and whatever. Um, I think it's a brilliant idea. That, oh, that's, that's maybe best. the photographer's version of a party. But
1: yes, exactly.
0: Talk to us a little bit about uh, an impactful book. What's one of the most impactful books that you've read or listened to, whether it's been recently or in years past?
1: I love that you said listen to as well, because I do listen to a lot of audiobooks and podcasts. Okay,
0: yeah, cool. Yeah,
1: they're pretty good. But I would have to say recently, oh, I guess this was maybe about three years ago. Now I read Jen Sincero's, you are a badass. Mm, okay. Yeah. And that, I, not to sound dramatic, but it really did change my life. Um, it really helped me be more self-aware about my self doubt and myself and kind of giving you the tools and like the, the okay that you really can be the person you want to be and live the life that you want and that you you can have that and like you do deserve that in your life to feel like that.
0: Okay, so I, I love psychology. So I'd love to kind of understand and unpack this just a little bit. And you're actually one of a few at this point on the podcast that's brought up that book. And it's an interesting, mm-hmm. I mean, we see in our culture just as a whole these days, quite a bit, even in social media, comments about self-doubt and overcoming self-doubt. Mm-hmm. What did that look like specifically for you? What was it that you were doubting about yourself and how were you able to overcome that?
1: Wow. that That is actually a really heavy question for me because I, I come from a background where I was in a long-term abusive relationship. Mm. And I haven't really talked openly about it um, or publicly, but here, here you go, guys. This is all for you. Wow. Um, I didn't feel a lot of self-confidence in myself or that I was a very, I didn't think I was a confident person Mm. because the person I was with made that a little bit more challenging than maybe it should have. I don't want to get too far into it because I don't want to get all all weepy for your- That's a very
0: gracious way of saying it too. That's that's interesting.
1: But um, actually photography really, I think, saved my life as Mm. well oh man, I was not expecting this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it, it saved your life in the sense that it gave you an outlet to kind of move away from that abusive environment or what? what is yes. The, okay.
1: Yeah. So it was a, it was an emotionally and very verbally abusive relationship mm. and being a photographer and becoming a part of that community where people were like, Hey, like you're a great human being. Like you are fun. Like you do beautiful work yeah. or that, like positive affirmation. You're like, wow, Yeah. maybe, maybe I do have some value. And like, Maybe I am a cool person or a nice person wow. or a fun person. And then you create these friendships where it's all about supporting each other and like pushing each other up. And mm. it just changes everything.
0: Wow. And then do you think that that book was kind of an affirmation of what you were experiencing within the industry?
1: Absolutely. Okay. And, and uh, being able to put it into words where I could actually think about it instead of so feeling it, but mm. not really, not really consciously aware of what was happening until uh. I read that book.
0: That's, that's powerful. Okay. That's, and it's an interesting idea. I love that you point out how the book itself was able to make more tangible or more concrete, the feelings, because it is kind of weird. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I find, I mean, even as a podcaster or sometimes writing content, I I might feel something internally, but I haven't necessarily made that concrete with words yet. And then you start to try to put words together to communicate this concept succinctly, and it's it's a jumbled mess, and you you rewrite it and write it again. And you know, talking, of course, it can just come out. And you, you I have a really bad tendency of just rambling while I'm kind of working it out in my mind. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm talking it out. Yeah, exactly. But I love that 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 book was a source of well, I, I guess yeah. almost. It's lit. really
1: empowering. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like putting words to something hmm. where you can like say it back or say it to yourself. Yeah. And, like really have that affirmation is. So powerful.
0: Wow. Okay. Well, we're going to link to this book again in the show notes. And I I really appreciate you opening up and sharing just a little bit about that. That's inspiring and it's encouraging. And um, again, we'll link to that in the show notes for those of you listening. And if you haven't read this book yet, you're you're going to want to check it out, it sounds like. We'll link to that, bocapodcast.com. Talk to us a little bit about photography. Now, you are a, I won't say a serial entrepreneur, but you certainly own more than one business. We're going to explain Mm -hmm. a little bit about that here in just a second. But let's start with the photography side of things. How did you get started in photography? What's the backstory?
1: Um, My dad, actually, he went to school um, for documentary filmmaking. So growing up, we always had cameras around the house. Mm. And just like tinkered with them, like most people, okay. in, like some degree, you take photos and it becomes a hobby and you love it. And
0: Like 35 millimeter trained... or medium format or some combination of the above? <laughs>
1: yes. Yeah. Okay. All of the above. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then I also worked at a bookstore and I completely fell in love with the black and white photography magazine. So hmm. it just always wasn't like a personal interest. And quite a few years ago now, um, just being a, a hobbyist, uh, a friend of mine asked me to photograph her son's wedding. And I said, no.
0: Oh, really? Okay.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. I was like, that's terrifying. Um, I, I love photography, but I thought shooting someone's wedding, like that's just way too much of, like high pressure. Yeah. So I ended up second shooting that wedding, completely fell in love with it. I had so much fun. All like the celebration and emotion, all the friends and family and like just everything about the day completely fell in love. So I started second shooting more and just getting involved in the industry and doing like my own personal creative shoots and people just kept asking me more and more to shoot and it just became a business Mm -hmm. and then just developed really naturally
0: so how long ago did that process start like when when did you start second shooting how many years ago
1: about five years ago
0: wow okay so this is relatively recent then too
1: yeah it's not actually that long yeah Yeah. that's kind of long but in a good way
0: well, five years is a, is a pretty significant milestone. Uh, so many businesses fail prior. And so yes. you've not only taken it yeah. this far, but then you've started another business on top of that. And I'm, yes. I'm actually pretty excited to get into this. It's, I, I was somebody, I, I guess initially the conversation um, between my people and your people started um, not, <laughs> uh, I don't know, probably about a month or so ago. And um, it was my first exposure to Pepper. And we're gonna talk a little bit mm-hmm. about pepper here in just a little bit, but I'm I'm pretty excited to dive, to dive into it because you're you're definitely playing in in my playground. I mean, this this idea of workflow and delegation and outsourcing it's so much yeah. of what not only the book of podcasts is about, but of course what photographers edit is about. So mm-hmm. again, we'll get there in just a second. We're i I've got a couple more questions for you though. Five years of photography, and yeah. you've also started another company in in the meantime. What is one of the most significant pieces of advice that you could give a fellow business owner, maybe even specifically a photographer, if you had like mm-hmm. 10 or 15 se- seconds to just kind of blurt it out? What, what would that thing be?
1: Stop comparing yourself to other photographers. Hmm. Stop looking at what they're doing in their business and feeling like you have to be doing all the things that they're doing. Yeah. Just focus on what you do and what you love, what you want to be doing with your business and trying to make making it the best it can be.
0: I like that. And the cool thing about that is you you have a lot more time to yourself to, to just focus on not only running a business, but just living when you're not yeah. constantly obsessed with scrolling through Instagram and looking at somebody else's accounts and what they're doing. We I was just talking about this with a photographer the other day as well. There's something that I've done at Photographer's Edit. We've been in business now for about 11 years. And there are other editing companies in the industry while I think it's important for us to have a certain amount of awareness about what they're doing, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. to play kind of play opposite of them to position ourselves against them from a brand standpoint. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I don't like to spend too much time there because I don't want to obsess over the things that they're doing. There's a particular direction that I want to go with my business and certain ideas that I want to implement mm-hmm. and focusing on those versus constantly spending so much time in the business of, of other businesses. You I can think,
1: easily get distracted.
0: That's true. It not only distracted, but I mean, if I, I know that, I mean, I'll, I'll be the first person to admit that I can kind of get stuck in a in a vicious negative cycle in my head. So if I fixate on something, then I just go down probably the wrong road with it many times. And if you do that, and you start to fixate on something that another business is doing versus just mm-hmm. focusing on how you can better yourself and take your business yeah. to the next level, it, it's it's so detrimental. So I I yeah. love that the comparison factor, not only because there's opportunity for all of us to kind of be ourselves, to put it very very simply. Yeah. Uh, But also for the sake of not getting distracted by other businesses, the focusing on on making our business better. I think that's great. Great advice. I think
1: I see a lot of photographers doing this thing where they look at like five different photographers as an example, five different, completely different styles of photographers. And they think they have to do all those things. Hmm. You know, like, oh, I need to be more emotional and get up, up nice and close. Oh, I need to include landscape more. I need to be uh, like, maybe like sharper, or edgier, or moody or brighter. And like, you like, you see, especially when you're starting out, you're like, where do I like, where do I fit in, in this? I'm supposed to be doing all these things yeah. instead of really focusing in on, okay, well, this is why I am a photographer. This is what I love about it. And this is how I shoot because this is why, like, this is my purpose behind why I shoot the way I do.
0: Mm. That's good, right? We, and, and that why can literally drive everything that you do. And instead Absolutely. of instead of filtering everything through the like you said, the five or ten or fifteen or twenty other right. photographers in your market, you you're very clear about what you want, and everything yeah. just kind of filters through that and makes life yes. and business so much easier that way. So
1: much easier.
0: And yeah. you know the the point that you made too about focusing on one particular. Um, Well, just having one particular focus in your photography business and letting Mm -hmm. that helping, allowing that, I guess, ultimately to help you stand out against your potential competition is really good, too. We talk about brand position on the podcast a lot. And really, at the very root level, that's what that is. This is the thing that I focus on. And this Mm -hmm. is what enables me to set myself apart from the other so-called competition on my market. And that focus makes marketing so much easier, too, because now you're not having to communicate 60 different messages to your potential clients. You're focusing on one thing. So that's good.
1: And for you as a person, you're going to be so much more sustainable. You're not going to be exhausted or have so much anxiety because you're staying true to yourself.
0: That's good, too. That's that's really, really so true. Who am I? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're we're in a I mean, we're in a first world culture where there's in in some ways, fortunately, room to be thinking about those things. But I think Mm -hmm. we've kind of taken it to the extreme where we spend so much time obsessing over those things that we don't just get things done.
1: Yes, and oh totally.
0: I th- I think it's good yeah. to to pick something and run with it. And that's that's really great advice. Talk to us about your gear bag. Like what's I mean, especially having grown up with a lot of cameras around the house, do you have a particular camera that's a favorite of yours now that you like to pull out and use?
1: Um, you know what, it's so funny. I am super simple. I have really a light bag because I like to move quickly and I like to be a little ninja photographer. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just I have two Nikon D750s. I have Um, All my lenses for my Nikon Nikons are Sigma art. So I have a 35 millimeter 1.4 and an 85 millimeter 1.4. And those like hardly ever leave my camera. I I hardly ever switch in and out. Okay. And then I also have a 24 millimeter, which is pretty fun too. I use it maybe 20% and the rest of the time it's my 85, 35. Um, So that's what I use professionally. But for fun, I have my Fujifilm um, X-T2.
0: Really? Okay. It's
1: so fun. Now, it's I, so fun. I'm curious.
0: Why? Is there a reason you're not shooting with that all the time, professionally and personally?
1: I just, I know my Nikon inside and out. I don't okay. have to look at it. I yep. go completely by feel. Get it. Right? But my Fuji, I just love how small it is
0: mm-hmm.
1: and light. Yes. And if it's in my bag. And it looks cool for
0: wandering around. <laughs> it does look right?
1: cool. Instead of like my big like DSLR, I'm like, don't mind if I'm pointing this giant cannon at you. Um, but what? the Fuji is so sleek. Yeah.
0: What Nikon did you say that you're shooting with? Uh,
1: the D750. 750.
0: Okay. I shot Nikon um, when I was a wedding photographer as well. And I was just talking with somebody about this yesterday. There is the, the mes- muscle memory from shooting for over yeah. a decade, really, with Nikon cameras. I could still pick up a camera now and, and go to town at a wedding. Because it's just there. And the last time I shot Weddings full-time was back in, what was it, 2011 or 2012. It's been a while. But mm-hmm. the ergos on Nikon cameras, I, I own a Canon. In fact, that's the only DSLR that I own currently is a Canon camera. Um, I, I bought it for a specific reason for video content. But mm-hmm. Nikons, if if I were to pick one up right now, I could shoot with it immediately, within yeah. three minutes. Because the um, ergos, the layout of the buttons and the dials, it just makes sense. It's It's very, very mm-hmm. intuitive, very easy to use. I love that. But I will say, the X-T2, I had a chance to play with one, um, I guess it was last year, and I was so impressed by it.
1: It's so much fun. So it impressed. Makes, it makes you want to shoot, just the way the dials are. Yeah. And, yeah, it's it's, it's simple. Cool. Yeah, kind of old yes.
0: school retro design. I mean, yeah. Probably most of our mm-hmm. listeners, many of our listeners know what it looks like, but kind of this retro design with the dials. And, and so in some ways, very simple to interact mm-hmm. with. But then the mm-hmm. form factor—you mentioned it's small. It it is relatively lightweight, but it has enough weight about it that it feels good too. And like it, yeah. you're not going to shake while you're trying to get a picture that's you know maybe a slower shutter speed. I love it. I think it's great.
1: It, it's so good for street photography or just hanging out with friends and like whipping that out. No one's like, whoa. <laughs>
0: <Right>. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Do you use a? Let's see. With those, it's interchangeable lenses, right? So what what lenses mm-hmm. do you like to use with the XT two?
1: I have the um, Fuji Film lens the equivalent of a 35 which what is that 23 or something okay because it's, uh, crop sensor. Uh-huh. and then i also have the equivalent of a 50 mil I, i'm gonna butcher the pronunciation Zangi. okay uh, the speedmaster is 0.95 whoa it's beautiful oh my yeah it's so much fun it's a manual focus only okay. lens as well yep. which is really fun when you're mm-hmm. trying to shoot out of focus on purpose
0: oh okay yeah. very good yeah. Good. I have a, I have a manual fo- focus story though. Actually there is, maybe I've told this on the podcast before, but I was shooting, uh, I was doing a, a bridal session for a client years ago and I had a, uh, I, I got this twin lens Yashka medium format camera, beautiful, mm-hmm. beautiful camera. I have it to this, this day. It's my favorite camera that I own. And uh, so I'd loaded medium format film into the camera and it, everything's completely manual—the shutter speed, the f-stops, the, the advancement of the film itself, releasing the shutter. That's this whole manual process that I just love. I think it's great. Like you can, you actually take your time with it, as opposed to you need so many cameras now. You just hold that thing down and it captures it, and you don't have to mm. think about it. So I like that manual process. Well, we were shooting in this gorgeous location at a at a place called Barnsley Gardens Resort in Georgia. And, um, this this ruins actually of of an old house, stunning, stunning location. So the brides posed kind of with the, this arch, this arch doorway in the background. And I'm, I'm taking these shots and I'm taking shot after shot, after shot, after shot. And I'm like, all right. And then I realize, and I've probably at this point taken maybe eight or 10 shots. And I realize I've not been advancing the film. I'm used to shooting with a DSLR (laughs) and I'm taking all these pictures and it's just doing its thing, but I hadn't been advancing the film. So I'm like, oh, shoot. Of course, I don't say anything to the bride. I'm like, oh, shoot. I got to advance this film. And we had limited time. I think at that point, we had to stop shooting or something. So I advance the film. I take the shot. And she ended up ordering a 40 by 40 uh, print on this uh, textured art paper, which she then ordered a foot, literally foot wide frame. It was actually two frames put together to to go around the thing. And it was sitting on on an easel at the entrance of an art museum where they had one of their receptions. Um, it turned out beautifully but in the moment like, of course holy. a little bit nerve-wracking <laughs> because you're like oh shoot like this whole thing I just took yeah. all these shots and I didn't get any of them I need to get you know, I have to get the last one kind of thing but Do you um, find
1: that I find that with a lot of like portrait shooting it's the last one that's the magic
0: I i I kind of feel lucky in a sense I mean the shot was there but yeah I, I know what you mean like it you you are working through this whole thing and then yes. boom you, yes. you nail it at the end. Yeah, yeah, I totally get it. Oh, that's so good. Well, I we're going to kind of move from photography. Actually, we're not even going to altogether move from photography because this is so related. But you've had the opportunity as a photographer, because of your personal experience, to start a company called Pepper. And mm-hmm. um, and, and actually, for those of you listening, and of course, we're going to link to this in the show notes, the website is meetpepper.ca. And uh, Instagram, by the way, is meet.pepper.ca. Uh, on Instagram. We'll also link to that mm-hmm. in the show notes. I love that the tagline or, or an element actually of text from the homepage that says, we let you be the photographer and leave the BS and, and parentheses business stuff to us. Brilliant, yeah. brilliant job with with the, uh, the marketing there. But just will you give just kind of a brief intro behind, uh, or maybe just a summation, the, the 30 second elevator pitch of what Pepper is?
1: Oh, I'm the worst at (laughs) (laughs) those. So Pepper is, we're virtual assistants to photographers and other creative entrepreneurs. Mm. And basically we run your workflow for you. So you get to be the photographer, be the creative, and we'll help run your business and your client care. So things like your contracts and your invoicing, Um, emails are huge. That's like one of the number one things people ask for help with is responding to inquiries, sending out pricing information. Also, we help with um, public relations, getting your name out there, submitting to blogs, blog features, um, entering contests. Even a few of our creatives, they're wanting us and we are on their behalf, um, reaching out to galleries. So if you're a fine art photographer or a painter. We can do that for you because wow. a lot of our creatives, also, I'd say most of them, the ones that we work with, yeah. um, even just knowing so many people in the industry, a lot of us have some kind of anxiety and it's hard to sell yourself. Yeah. But if you have someone on your team, so Pepper, um, your assistant would be on your team.
0: That's really cool. I like it. It's like you have an advocate for you, somebody that's got you your yeah. back.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah that's kind of
0: brilliant. You. So, as, as I alluded to earlier, I mean, this idea of of delegating, uh, really, I, I love it, the BS, the business stuff, mm-hmm, um, yeah. or the BW, the busy work, you know, the this, this stuff that takes up so much of our time that doesn't yeah. necessarily require our hand in it, that can be delegated to somebody else, That that is such a powerful concept, and it's certainly relevant to Photographer's it. We talk about the idea of the principles so much here on the podcast, um, but I love the psychology again, as I as I said earlier, and I want to kind of mm-hmm. dig into this because, you know, there is for example, myself selling photographers it, I can go into a group of photographers and say, hey, you need to outsource your editing and leave it at that. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be like, eh, OK, some might buy in, some might not. Some might not like how my hair looks or they didn't like my T-shirt that day or you know, whatever. Like <laughs> yeah. there's there's no re- yeah. they don't have a concrete philosophical reason, something that that goes so deep that it makes them feel something that then causes them to act on that recommendation And so I like to get into the psychology, kind of the philosophy that drives Mm -hmm. why we do what we do. So let's talk about that a little bit. I mean, the Mm -hmm. impetus behind starting Pepper yourself was that you were overwhelmed with this type of work. What what would you say before you started Pepper and before you started delegating work like this? What were some of the limiting beliefs or assumptions that you had that caused you to kind
1: of do it all yourself? Mm, I love that question. I feel like there's so many layers to that. I think, like, the obvious one that we talk about on our website, too, is that there's this notion that, and also, like, being an entrepreneur is, like, this trendy thing, and there's this notion that hustling 24-7 and being on the grind is kind of, like, this trendy cool thing yeah. to do, Yeah. right? Right. Yeah, like, on the grind, hustle, hustle, hustle. I'm like, that's awesome, but also, <laughs> right? have, like, you you're, you are going to burn out. Like, that is not sustainable, hmm. and it's, I don't know why it is so trendy right now, but I I think partially also it's because we love what we do and it's like this cool thing to be able to say I'm this creative entrepreneur or I'm a photographer and the show that you're busy and you think if I show that I'm really really busy if I am really really busy then that must mean I'm successful and then you start you really need to question though like well what is success you know what is what is success to you what does Mm. that look like versus what is success that other people tell you that it should be or what it should look like. I think we think success looks like hustling 24 seven and hmm. being on the grind.
0: Okay. So this idea of, I mean, I honestly, I'm so tired of it at this point. Well, number one, the hashtag yes. hustle, um, you know, <laughs> I, know. I, I think it, I, I think know. it has died down at least a little bit. I haven't, I haven't been seeing it quite as much as of late. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and I think there's some realization in our industry. In fact, it's, it's pretty fascinating to see. I, I attended a conference this past year and I think it was the, the end of October, first part of November and thereabouts. And the, the amount of conversation from people on stage or that we're teaching about something other than photography and business and, and about how to kind of get your life back and to organize yes, and think about your finances. Balance, yeah, this kind of thing has become way more commonplace. And I love that. that yeah, it's finally, yeah. it's finally kicking in. But um, it's easy to also to talk about hustling or, you know, something that you, you get from photographers a lot is that they're, quote, busy. And they'll just say that, mm-hmm. hey, how are things going? Oh, I've been really busy. And I actually asked somebody the other day, I was like, what, so what does busy mean? Like explain that, break that down. Cause it's so easy mm-hmm. to just say I'm busy, but mm-hmm. number one, are you busy? And, and this is, I love the fact that you pointed out again, this, the significance of understanding what you're actually reaching for, letting yeah. that drive what you do versus just being busy right. for the sake of being busy. So yeah. is that busyness made up of things that are actually going to move your business forward? Or are you just kind of busy for the sake of appearing successful as you were saying as well, yes. um, yeah. that I think it's important for us to take a step back and, and examine that a bit.
1: Yeah. I I think the other thing too, I was just thinking as you were saying that is I think people are also afraid to say like where they're at in their business Mm. and they, maybe they feel like I have to do all the things in my business because if I outsource it, someone else is going to see how maybe successful or not successful I am.
0: So they're afraid of appearances. That's interesting. I mean, I I can relate. I've certainly like those feelings are, are a real feeling to me or have been real feelings to me that, I, that makes sense. I wonder what, what are people actually afraid of on the, on the other side of that? Are they afraid of somebody looking down on them like they're less than or what do you think the fear actually is?
1: Yeah, I, I think we project such an image out, outwardly, especially on social media, mm, mm-hmm. of how successful we are because look how busy I am, yeah. that if you were to bring on a team member or outsource to someone, they're going to see all the things that maybe you do need help with or that you're not, quote unquote, doing successfully.
0: Do you think there's any uh, I mean, control? Is is a major topic when it comes to the idea of delegating oh, editing? Sure. But yes. but I'm sure it's still relevant too when it comes to doing something. I'm, I actually have the the website pulled up again. It's for those of you listening in. meetpepper.ca. Pepper um, You said what we can help with: invoicing, and contracts, workflow, touch points, public relations, newsletters, and blogging, yes. basic bookkeeping, email management. So I'm I'm seeing communication as a theme there. Mm. The idea mm-hmm. that that you are communicating for. Photographer for their brand or for a creative in their Mm. brand, that can be a little bit nerve wracking, right? The question is, like, is this person or is this company representing me effectively? Is control a a big question mark for entrepreneurs when it comes to delegating as well?
1: Yes, and I think that's 100% fair. That's how I felt when I went to look at outsourcing. Mm. I went to try and find a virtual assistant for myself. Okay. And the companies I did find and the people I did discover, I felt I did feel that way. I felt like they're not going to get me and my business and like my interaction with my clients because I'm not a, a corporate business. I'm a creative business and I'm how I interact with my clients is very different than a corporate uh, company would interact with their clients.
0: Huh? Okay.
1: Right. So for us, like at pepper, it is, it is about building trust. Absolutely. And being able to say like, okay, I do need help with this. And maybe I don't want to outsource to you or I'm afraid to outsource to you because I'm afraid that you're not going to do it as well as me. And I have two things about that. One thing is they're a professional administrative assistant. Like they love what they do. Mm -hmm. And also our VAs are also creatives and they do love the industry and they do care about it. Mm -hmm. And they are literally your team member. They are your assistant. They're, they want, they're going to get to know you and your brand and how you interact and your language and be able to be on brand Interesting. Yeah. I think it's also just, it is like a little bit of the building that trust, but also I feel like pepper is really unique that way where we're, we already get it. The people that are here.
0: So, so is there like with photographers edit, when you create an account, you share your editing style. Is there kind of an onboarding process similar to that with pepper where you're there? I mean, what, what does that actually look like? In fact, how did they communicate effectively the way that their brands voice to you?
1: Right. So it's actually really simple. We would do a consult with them and we have a little chat. We talk about them and their business and where they're at, where they're going. And then they say, okay, yes, I'm ready to sign on. Okay, now what? And that's hmm. like the big like, and now, and now what What happens? Yeah. So we just send them um, a couple little links and we have some files where they can show us responses and emails that they ah. have already clients okay. we have a little questionnaire like just tell us some like words that you use and language what's your vibe and then we do the research on your brand and you're hmm. like even on your social media and your website like okay. the language you use there and the vibe you put out there and there's a lot of this like even this one conversation you could probably describe me like who i am sure in a few words to get to know who i am right yeah absolutely ex- express who i am to someone else absolutely and just this like we're real people really personable
0: that's yeah. great so the. the in addition to, I guess, that that onboarding process where they're sending information, they're sharing information, they're maybe um, obviously sharing their social media so you have an idea of, of their voice, there mm-hmm. is actual conversation like this too? So that you're setting up a video conference call where you're Absolutely. getting to talk with your VA? Okay.
1: Yeah, multiple re- of these. And we do them monthly as well. And if you want to do them weekly, you can. Or if you want to call in, your assistant would be available Monday through Friday. Okay. Nine till five. So, um, actually, we we just changed it to nine till five Pacific time, and then we have a, a nine to five Eastern time as well.
0: Really interesting. Okay, right?
1: depending on where you're located. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Okay, ah. so, but I want to go back to the the philosophy that's driving this too. So, you talked about mm. control. There, you said there are a couple of solutions mm. to control. So, one would be this onboarding process.
1: Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Um. And I I think also realizing, I think I touched on it briefly there too that. Your assistant is a professional, like you are a professional photographer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So understanding that your assistant has your perspective and ultimately then your best interest at heart because they can relate to what you're going right. through.
1: So, um, back to emails, cause we had a few people that were, it's totally natural to absolutely, mm-hmm. they're nervous to give up their emails. And here's the thing. Like if you're so busy and you're not responding to your emails on time, mm like what's worse
0: yeah it's a great question right and and that really brings up an interesting point when it comes to the idea of delegation there there is the reality simply is that there is at least a little bit of a trade-off even if it's 3% or 5% nobody's going to mirror you exactly the question is like you said what's worse that you don't have a life as a business owner or that somebody didn't use the exact word in a you know five paragraph email um, right. what's worse that, that you didn't get back to that person as you were pointing out Stacey or quick enough or that they missed, you know, I, they didn't put the emoji in that you normally would have for or whatever right. it might be.
1: Like your assistant's going to give this amazing client experience. It may not be exactly how you would do it, but hmm. it definitely will be on brand. Hmm. And it's going to be a million times better. If it's even like 80% of how you would do it, yeah. like 80% is high. we yeah. are 80% of how you would do it. And it gets done on time and quickly and this amazing standard all across the board for all of your creatives versus you doing it. And maybe this has happened, getting a bad review because you didn't respond to an email on time Yeah, because maybe you're hard to get a hold of because you're very, very busy.
0: Right, right. Yeah. And I think that's there is a there's immediate sense that photographers have of control. They, they have a desire for control. There is an assumption that, that nobody can possibly do it as good as they could, which also mm-hmm. connotates this idea that there is only one way to do things. And that is a loaded topic in and of itself. But the reality is, at the end of the day, if we're creating businesses for ourselves that in, that, or if we want to create a business for ourselves that enables us to have freedom, flexibility, which is so much about why we started businesses in the first place, I think. We want to be our own boss, do our own thing, yes. um, make our own rules, if you will. Then, then there has to be a little bit of giving up bad. of that control.
1: And it's, and as soon as it happens, I promise it feels so good. Yeah. It feels so good. You will never ask
0: for that. A hundred percent. Okay. So this is interesting. The idea of control. So we're going to kind of work backwards here because I, I wanted you to kind of talk to the philosophy or maybe some of mm-hmm. the the ideas that get in the way of photographers being able to delegate. Um, we're going to work backwards. You talked about control and the solutions for that control. Number one is in, in the case of Pepper specifically is that you have VAs who, are actually creatives who understand the perspective of a creative and can empathize mm-hmm. with them or are going to act accordingly. Um, and then there is a there is a process of learning how to give, a, give up control, understanding the significant benefit on the other side of that. I think that's really important. Um, I'm going to go back though, like I said, to some of the points that we made earlier, being afraid of showing who you are by kind of opening the, the, the kimono, if you will, kind of seeing mm. what's actually or showing what's actually going on behind your business how do you overcome that fear or that apprehension
1: oh th- that's that's a great question um cuz we have had creatives that have come to us and they they almost have had no choice like they've almost hit rock bottom mm. and they waited until that because they were afraid cuz they really? could see them, they could see themselves struggling okay. with their business okay. amazing crazy talented photographers right struggling so hard with their business because they are so amazing what they do. They're very, very busy and that they were afraid to show how they have been. Yeah. Maybe not responding to emails on time or like a month may have gone by and they didn't respond to this one thing. And wow. they had so much anxiety built up over it that it stopped them from even continuing on that. They just went in complete like shutdown down mode. Yeah. Like they were just like, they just didn't know what to do. They were sure. completely frozen. Sure. Um, so I think even realizing You, you don't want to get to that place and thinking like my, a business is like this evolving, growing thing. And to not be afraid to show, like have someone come in that's going to be your team member and think they're going to judge you because like here, like with us, there is no judgment. Like we are here for you. Like this is, this is why Pepper exists in the first place. Pepper is here for photographers, for creative entrepreneurs. Like we want you to succeed. We want to be on your team. We want to support you. We want you to have a sustainable business. Hmm. Like this this is why we're here. There's zero judgment.
0: Yeah, you know, it's funny, the number of times that I've heard from photographers, they're concerned about sending their unprocessed work to photographer's edit. Because
1: um, they're like, don't judge me. They really don't want that
0: judgment, right? <laughs> right. And there's this kind of projection yeah. or assumption that, that somebody else is, I, they make it personal when really it's not personal, right? As you said, we're yeah. here to do a job. This is this is the service that we offer and we want to help. And um, you certainly don't need to worry about judgment in that regard. But at the end of the day, you you have to make the move. You have to be willing to set aside your assumptions, your projections, your insecurities in order to to take that step. And I I, I think that this conversation is good. We can encourage those listening to do that thing. And then let's get back to the original point, which is the tendency to, quote, be busy for the sake of Mm -hmm. looking successful. What Mm -hmm. is I mean, this is really almost. I, it is obvious, I think in my mind, and probably for many of our listeners who listen in regularly, we talk about these principles, but what is the alternative, the healthier alternative to being busy all the time?
1: The healthier alternative? Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe getting eight hours of sleep. Trust yes. me, guys, it feels really good.
0: <laughs> it it <laughs> <Yeah>. so does.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> having really great relationships mm. in your life, having great friendships, your family like that's Those things are really important to having a fulfilling life. Yeah, And if you're also, if you are feeling healthy as a human being and with yourself, you're going to do so much better in your business because you're going to be able to show up fully.
0: 100%. You know, it's funny, you mentioned sleep and of course, family and relationships, all these things seem cliche because we talk about them. I think the problem is that there are enough times where it's easy to talk about them, but we're not actually doing much about them to improve them. Yeah. And even just in the last week or so, I've made a pretty significant change or series of changes in the way that I'm managing my sleep. And it truly has translated, I mean, to your point just now, it truly has translated how I am personally, um, where I'm in, just where I'm at in my head for the sake of my own personal mental health, emotional health, and ultimately physical health. But then also what I can bring to my businesses. It yes. is, it's almost night and day difference just it's because amazing. I'm taking care of that, that one thing.
1: Okay. You have to tell me this thing, the sleep thing also. Um, I think just on top of that too, you do feel so much more confident in your decisions Hmm. that you make. Like if you, if you feel really strong and really healthy and like your mind is clear and even if you're like still stressed because you know, sometimes there can be stress in your life, but for good reasons, like you're way more able to manage that.
0: It's true because when your mind is tired, there's a tendency for it to, to kind of fall apart. Number one in dealing with stress well, it really just in dealing with stress, I'm personally, so admittedly, my weakness uh, as a human being, well, one of them, one of the many um, is sugar and, and more specifically <laughs> chewy fruit candy. But anyway.
1: Oh, oh, okay. You are. Wow. That is a hundred percent my thing. Okay. Just totally just
0: jelly bellies. Do you like jelly bellies? <laughs> yeah. Right. Anything
1: like chewy and sweet. And if yeah. it's artificial, I know it's bad for me. Oh yeah. You're
0: like, that. give it to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't care if I'm going to die 20 years early. <laughs> Yeah. No, the the actually Jelly Belly. Speaking of, we used to ship. So when we when we exchanged hard drives with our clients, because back in the day it was you know put files on a hard drive, send it to photographers, edit. We we offload them, send them back. When we send a hard drive back to our clients, we'd include a box of Jelly Bellies Amazing. in the um, in the box. They they were traditionally have been my my favorite candy. But all this to say. When I've not had sleep, it, it significantly changes the brain, brain chemistry and my ability to, to say no. I mean, it's, it's such a first world problem, I realize. But to say no to something like, we'll just kind of blanket statement, unhealthy food, right? Mm-hmm. So I know that that if I'm getting, and this is just one element of my life that improves significantly, but if I'm getting sleep consistently, good sleep, deep sleep, good REM sleep, um, I actually I'm wearing a ring here. For those of you um, that are listening in, uh, this is a ring made by Aura, O-U-R-A. And um, you're gonna to want to. In fact, we'll link to it in the show notes as well. Absolutely amazing. There are a number of sleep trackers, that you can use your your Apple Watch or a Fitbit to, to track sleep. Those are not specifically meant for tracking sleep, so they can do a certain amount. But the the amount of data that I can get from this this Ring is amazing. I don't know what that is? It's it's incredible. Yeah, Aura Aura Ring. Um, and yeah. it literally it, it's it's charged. So I have the latest version of the ring. I'm, I'm, I'm moving. I'm showing the ring like everybody's watching on video here because we're on video. But um, yeah. this this ring keeps a charge for about a week. So it's really, really impressive. Um, yeah. It connects to my phone in an app via Bluetooth. And um, the amount of data that it pulls is incredible. So I'm able to, to look at my sleep and, and make some decisions about how I need to to change my habits in order to improve mm-hmm. the sleep. But I've just I've noticed that as I'm getting good sleep and that includes the sleep cycles the way that it should, that that translates to more self-control, particularly when it comes to food. But it also means clearer head, a sharper mind when it comes to both my personal life and my business life. I'm just that much better a person. And it's also helping my body recover and recoup and, and lean out and, and all these good things. Um, just, just sleep. And that's just one thing. You know, there's so many different elements that are of our life that we would have more time for if we were willing to give up a little bit of control and this obsession over being looking successful and looking like we've got it together. If we're willing to just give that up, the return on that investment on the other side is just, it's really almost beyond words. We can say it and it sounds cliche and it sounds convenient, yeah. but it, the, the return is absolutely amazing.
1: You'll feel so good. Just imagine what that would feel like.
0: Right? I Well, and yeah. I'm I'm literally feeling the effects yeah. of more sleep right now. So it's yeah. um, it really is incredible. Let's just kind of close things here. I want to make it a little bit more tangible for our listeners. So we've talked about the philosophy that drives Pepper and, and kind of why you started the company, but we just kind of sum up the process for a photographer. You talked a little bit about it earlier, but if they were to come sign up for a service, what is maybe just kind of review what that onboarding process looks like and then what that workflow would look like as they interact with the VA.
1: Right. Okay. So if someone was interested in learning more about Pepper and they're not even sure, like I'm not quite ready to outsource. I just want to know more. Or Mm. yes, I'm ready. Like I need to outsource. I need someone right now. Um, you just go to our website or you can message us on social media and you can sign up, You send us a little form and you can sign up for a consult with us. Um, it might be me, I'm um, maybe having a beer while we do a consult. Depending on what
0: day it is. <laughs> we no, won't tell.
1: But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then we just like, we talk about you and your business, like I was saying, and um, where you're at, where, where you want to go. What is, and then I ask you, um, what's the thing that you would be most excited to give up? What was, what would be the thing that you'd be so happy to hand off to someone else? Mm. And we could get going on that immediately for you within 24 hours. We could be doing wow. that thing that you don't want to do anymore. Wow.
0: That's yeah. a, that's a really quick turnaround time. I mean, to be able to yeah. kind of learn more about this, this photographer, this creative that's coming yeah. on board and then begin doing that thing for them in that that turnaround yeah. time. Wow. Okay. This is incredible. I, I love that we can share with our listeners not only again the philosophy that drives what you do as a photographer, as a business owner, that the founder of Pepper, uh, but also to share this potential solution for our photographers. And of course, we'll make sure to link to uh, Pepper, meet at meetpepper.ca in the show mm-hmm. notes for those listening in. We'll also link to the Instagram. Stacey, thank you so much for making time to share with the Boca podcast today. I love this conversation. I think I'm going to have to start doing this video format a little bit more. I love being it's able so to. Great. It's so fun to actually see somebody smile is a is a welcome a welcome thing. But thank you so much for making time for Boca today.
1: Uh, thanks for having me. I had so much fun, and it's an honor to be on your podcast.
0: dot com.